Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome back to Podcorn in a Movie, a podcast where we do a mini-series on different genres and subgenres every month that fits into a box. I'm your host, Chase Leno, with my co-host... David Guillermo. <laughs> and today we're talking about the 1988 action movie, Die Hard, with our special guest, Matt Guillaume. Hello. Hello. <laughs> It's going to be an Alan Rickman impersonation heavy episode. Yes. Well, that's fine. Um, that and, and I'm, I'm guessing our voices blend again a lot together. Uh, yes. It's fine. I can, I something, can, <laughs> something, uh, this, this year in quarantine is, uh, Matt and I, and you chase, and we've been playing so much, uh, video games together. That's something I realized that people don't know who's talking sometimes. I, I'm starting to hear differences, so I'm getting better at it. But I remember the first game we ever played, I was like, I don't know which one's telling me to do something. So I'm just going to go Roger. <laughs> got it. Yep. Uh, yeah, and this is our second uh, in a row 1988 movie. I just realized. Yeah, I did. I noticed that when I was doing the facts today. I was like, "Oh, 88! Wow, big year um, for Christmas movies." Yeah, yeah. Um, so first, I guess let's go into uh, what's your background, Chase, with the movie. So I actually I knew a lot about this movie, but never saw it until I was probably like I want to say 14 or 15 years old. Okay. Uh, it was when like I was in like kind of like. I want to say freshman year or so when people were like, oh, Die Hard's the best Christmas movie. And you're like, what? That doesn't sound like a Christmas movie. And I've seen the trailer and all that stuff. Uh, I watched it, loved it. And then like I went to school and tried to like brag about like, yeah, I saw Die Hard. It's a great Christmas movie. And that's when people were like, yeah, Alan Rickman's good in it. I'm like, what? He's in that movie? And they're like, yeah, he's the villain. And I'm like, oh, you. So I watched it again and. More times I watch it, the more I love it. But also, like, the more I grow, I'm starting to like, like, yep, this is this is Die Hard. I'm used to it. Um, I would love. I mean, I, I maybe I could have done research on that, but I would love to pinpoint when the Christmas conversation came into play because, because it was definitely not like growing up. That out, wasn't right? the case. It was just Die Hard to me. Like, it wasn't like every single Christmas you're reminded of that argument. Like. Yeah. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, but I don't know. I I don't I don't know if Matt and I like watch it on TV together. But it was always like I caught bits of it on TV like my whole life. And then I don't know, like probably ten years ago or so, I bought it on uh, DVD. Like once I started getting into more uh, into film more, it um it. I realized it wasn't just the movie I thought it was and that it was like highly regarded as one of the best action movies of all time. And, uh, and I completely agree with that, but like, so I started to pay attention to it more and have rewatched it so much since then. It does it very well. Like they do the script very well. Like it doesn't feel like they're just throwing action in there, but it still feels like kind of realistic, like, like I'm not going to go into the plot mainly, but towards the end where like explosions are going off, John McClane's just like, what the hell is happening? Like, I want to get the hell out of here. It's not like a typical, I'm a badass. Look at me. There's explosions next to me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No walking away from explosions without flinching in this movie. Um, What about you, Matt? Do you remember your history or? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, growing up Dave we we definitely you know you you said we we watched it on TV and like I I feel like 
our dad wasn't really that big of a, a fan of the movie, or at least, you know, we, we probably would have seen it earlier, yeah. like knew it as a bigger action movie than just the, you know, blockbuster that everyone knows it as. Um, but in terms of the Christmas movie, um, that, that probably really didn't set in with me, or I, I probably didn't appreciate it as a Christmas movie until you know, probably when I was in college, um, I think uh, my roommate and I had had watched it one year during Christmas. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, you know what, this is this actually is a Christmas movie. And and I feel like just as social media has has really grown, that's where the the argument or the, the controversy has grown from it, is that, you know, there's more of a platform for people to be debating it. So it's become, you know, more widely talked about. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that uh, it's weird because like so like some of the main arguments is that Bruce Willis himself has said that it's not a Christmas movie, but the director John McTiernan has said it absolutely is. It came out in July, I want to say, or sometime during the summer, so it wasn't even thought of like as you know like that that wasn't their intentions at all. But that's um kind of the background that I wanted to go into uh, that I I found fascinating uh, reading about this because. Um, uh, our past guest Steve uh, has multiple times gotten uh, this movie confused because he thought it was either Shane Black wrote it or Shane uh, Black directed it. And I'm always like, no, he had nothing to do with it until last night. I found out um, that he did uh, that. Um, he wrote a movie called Die Hard which eventually became the Bruce Willis, Damon Wayne's movie, The Last Boy Scout, uh, directed by Tony Scott and Joel Silver. So this was, that was 1991 when that finally comes out, but in, you know, 87 or whatever the conception of this movie was, um, uh, shoot, what was the original title guys? The original title was nothing lasts forever. Yeah. So that was the working title of the movie and no one kind of liked it. And Joel Silver, saw that Die Hard was on the docket and he was just uh he was like could I could I take that and Shane Black was like okay and on top of that the inspiration for setting it around Christmas was Shane Black again because of Lethal Weapon mm -hmm. because uh I don't know if it was Joel Silver or the director John McTiernan just really liked the concept of having Christmas as a backdrop but not the main focus because they just thought it was um it's just a good, a good theme for yeah. the time of year. And uh, and so Shane Black, just to like really dive deep into him really quickly, uh, he's a huge, like, sneaky Christmas director, um, starting with Lethal Weapon. Uh, the Last Boy Scout is based around Christmas. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, is also a Christmas-themed movie, like, based around that. The um, Val Kimner, Robert, De Niro, or, uh, Robert Downey Jr. movie. Um, the Long Kiss Goodnight, another Sam Jackson movie. Um, I don't know why I said another. That's a fact for later. Uh, but uh, and uh, my second favorite uh, Iron Man movie, Iron wrong. Man Three, is based around Christmas. <laughs> You're wrong. My second favorite civil engineer. It's a pineapple express line. Iron Man movie. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, but uh without all right can i just say without iron man 3 oh spider-man homecoming spider-man homecoming doesn't have that heart of like without the suit you're nothing because that's what he learns in iron man 3 struggling with ptsd from the avengers and it's just like 
it's a movie where they strip him of the suit and it's like a Bond movie and it's right up Shade Black's alley of part buddy cop movie because him and Don Cheadle are like straight up just buddy buddy cops for like half of that movie and it's a I, I you you got to give it another chance. It's a, yeah, but, um, I mean I I feel like it was really just uh, Iron Man does MacGyver. That's yeah, I don't know. I loved it though. Um, and then uh, the nice guys kind of ends his. He he refers to it as a gimmick now, but he's like, I don't want to do the Christmas thing anymore. But the nice guys was the last movie that uh, features Christmas at the end. It's not really based around Christmas. I'm but, still um, convinced we watched the nice guys. I'm still convinced, Dave. I know I we know. watched it that night. I know no, we did. Maybe. I know we're not going to go into that, was, that fight, but uh, I, all right, just, I'm still just, convinced. So, so I owned that on DVD. I convinced you guys to watch it because Zach was like, I don't really like that movie. And then we watched, we popped in the DVD. And then we the watched. trailers started. Yes. And then War Dogs trailer popped up. And I remember and no we watched War Dogs. But I know we watched it after, or at least the next day. I know for Maybe, a fact I watched I it know. that recently. Um, I don't remember. I mean, it might be one of those nights <laughs> I don't remember, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's uh, I just wanted to go in because I found that really fascinating. And just like going even back to like why Shane Black loves um, that that setting, it's because of a, a movie that dad actually uh, every now and then for Christmas, I'll tell him just uh, get me a movie you think I'd like that I've never seen. And uh, I think three or two years ago, he got me this Sidney Pollack movie uh, with Robert Redford called Three Days of the Condor. And that also has a Christmas backdrop in it. And uh, Good one. that's where Shane Black was like, he loved that movie. And he was like, I just liked how it just added that extra mood to the movie. Like it's a time of year with a lot of feelings in it. So to add drama on top of that is just perfect. And I think Die Hard does that very, very well. Like, um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, as I mentioned, John McTiernan is the... Um, John McTiernan is the director and he doesn't have a huge filmography, but it's really not uh, that bad. Like his second movie was predator. Uh, I'm trying to think of where Die Hard comes in there because then he does the hunt for red October. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, did we see this when I was a kid or is it just a title I've known, but medicine man also with Sean Connery. I don't. Oh man! I don't know why it rang a bell for me, but I don't know. Um, I feel but, like it. I I can't help but feel like it was just like one of those movies that we always just looked at at like Blockbuster or something. Yeah. And like have known about it, but have never seen it. I don't know. I've never uh, seen it. Uh, and then uh, the last action hero, which I've never seen start to finish, but I know you and I love that. Anytime it was on yes. TV, we would we would watch it. And I didn't great know movie, this until. Uh, yesterday, but he did Die Hard three, which is like makes sense. Awesome. He did yep. the he did Die Hard movies, um, come which back. had Sam Jackson. That's why I said also Sam Jackson. <laughs> and then, um, and then he just kind of slows down. Like he did the Rollerball remake. Uh, Chase, Chase, and I and our friends watched the original with James Caan. Uh, huh. I don't know, like two years ago. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, it's close to did, two years. Did um, not know there was original. And uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the movie Basic with John Travolta and Sam Jackson. 
I've, I, it's a movie I've caught on TV a bunch of times, but I was always like, I don't know. And that was his last movie in 2003, and he hasn't done anything since. Although on his IMDb, there's an upcoming um, with one of the writers from Die Hard and him directing. Um, and it has the, the main character from Vikings in it. So I'm like, you know, kind of interested in that. Um, and then, um, yeah. So yeah. The, the, the biggins in this movie, like the actors, I don't want to go too deep. Um, I, I don't know his wife from anything. I looked at her IMDb. And I don't know. I, I really don't know anything from her. Um, I know Bruce Willis saw her in a movie and really liked her, and he suggested her yeah. for the role. But that's yeah. um, Bonnie Bedelia is her name. Uh, obviously, we have uh, Reginald v- Vell Johnson, who's... Of course. Um, I, I honestly can't remember if he's in the third one or not, but he's in the second one. Kind of ham-fisted <laughs> in there. <laughs> yep, um, they forced him in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I don't know. I, I don't want to go into anyone else besides Alan Rickman, really. I mean, we've covered Bruce Willis, so. yeah, before, so we don't have to go in too much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you have some favorite Bruce Willis's Matt that you want to bring up, or um, you know, Disney's the kid. You, you can't talk about <laughs> Bruce Willis without talking about Disney's the do kid. You, do you think that was the first Bruce Willis movie we ever saw? Oh, I I don't know. So we would I don't only think been so, like but... what? I mean, I was nine, I think, when that came out. That was probably two thousand or so. Good lord, that's a terrible movie. Yeah, Spencer <laughs> Breslin. <laughs> like, um, what's, what's up with this kid? That's me. That's a terrible no, I, movie. No, um, I. I mean, I'm sure you guys have have kind of looked into some of the backgrounds of Bruce Willis coming into the movie. It's uh, it's pretty interesting if you. Yeah, wasn't yeah. He, wasn't he known so, as like kind of a comedic role in a way? Yeah, yeah. So from the show Moonlighting, mm-hmm. and he was filming yep. that show during this movie still. Um, so I think that was like his big career move, and people weren't even sure that this movie would sell. Well, um, it seemed like kind of like the Jared Leto thing for like Dark Knight, where he's like, oh, you have a you know romantic comedy actor going into a very serious role. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then... <sighs> I don't know. It works very well. Wait, really... Heath, Heath Ledger. I was like, Jared Leto is not. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I did say Heath Ledger, That's didn't a... I? You said Jared Leto. God damn it, dude. You uh, know what I meant. But, Heath Ledger. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Like people were yeah. like, no, 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 no. Same with Michael Keaton in the original Batman. Um, or not the original, the Tim but, Burton yeah. Batman. I, it, I just think it's funny because this, this movie was, you know, essentially what sparked Bruce Willis's action career. I mean, he, who knows if he even would have went down the path of being an action star if it wasn't yeah. for this movie. Kind of an unlikely one too. I mean, in terms of, well, I want to say like in terms of our modern day action hero, but then I think like, cause he's not like overly jacked. Like he has, you know, some biceps. He's like mildly balding during this movie. Uh, but there was like Schwarzenegger and like, Stallone at that time that were like bodybuilder types so like I don't mm-hmm. know but now I think like you don't make a movie unless that guy's like a, could be like on a cover of yeah. like the sexiest man alive like Chris Hemsworth or some shit like well it you know he uh he also passes the uh expendables test so yeah 
Uh, so if you end up in the Expendables as like a, a major uh, action hero, then that means that you're a major action hero. Uh, that's a good uh, term, the Expendables test. <laughs> yeah. If, if you appear in that movie, then you're 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 acknowledged for your greatness in the action. You know, the iconography of action movies. I still haven't Most likely. seen any of those. Uh, it's, they're worth they're worth a, they're I, I worth, heard a they're watch, worth at I'd least say. a watch they're, they're big dumb movies yeah. and they're great yeah like, i don't i mean i i haven't i remember i liked the first one a lot and then i it was like you know just an obligation my friends and i in high school just went and saw two and three I, no I thought four, right no but i thought two, i i liked the first two i thought two actually may have been better than one but i i remember three was such a huge letdown with a. Mel Gibson and Harrison Ford coming into oh, the picture. Yeah. It's like, come that on. Was, yeah. It was kind of embarrassing for both of them. I both of like, them. Exactly. Um, it's also weird to look back on. They chose Liam Hemsworth to be in those movies at the time. Yep. I guess they were banking on Chris. <laughs> Back and, to wrong, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Back to wrong horse there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. And then, um, and then Alan Rickman, who it's crazy, but he's just such a significant actor to me. But looking at his IMDb, I'm like, geez, like it's not like a crazy amount of movies that I've uh, like outside of the Harry Potters. Yep. Uh, he's worked with Tim Burton a few times, like Alice in Wonderlands and Sweeney Todd. Um, a, a movie Chase showed me that I love perfume. Um, uh I, I maybe this is controversial. If not Die Hard, my favorite Rickman is Galaxy Quest. Yes, yeah. I was about to say, Dave. That was uh, that was a big one for us. Galaxy yeah. Quest. Did that come out before Harry Potter? Because that might have been my first oh, yeah. Rickman. Yeah, we, yeah. we we saw that in uh, in Reston. I think maybe the first or second year we lived there. So yeah, before Harry. Potter. Well, I do remember not to shut you out, but that was just like one of those days that Dad and I were out together, and we went and saw a movie. But I know we went and saw it again. But uh, that was the first time I saw it. It was just me and Dad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was 1999. What was Harry Potter? 2000. Yeah, it was 2001. I was just looking. 2001. Really? Wow. Yep. And that's obviously like I don't know, such an amazing role. Like going somewhere, Potter. He's always asking Potter if he's Potter. going somewhere. Potter. He wants to know where he's going. Mister Potter, Potter. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, a, a movie that I I randomly was just looking at like medical movies. Our mom's a a um pediatric intensive care nurse, and I was looking at a uh like good medical movies and this is actually a, a great movie uh but it's called something the lord made it has him and most deaf in it and it's about like i think like the first like the invention of like the first heart stint is that a word stint yeah it sounds yep. like it's yeah um but yeah that's what the whole movie's about uh and it's a good movie it's a classic movie and then i don't know if you wanted to talk about that love actually uh <laughs> i was about to say we we got our uh our big uh christmas movie tie with alan rickman is love yeah. actually i've never or... seen it i plan to i know it's a highly disputed movie either love it or hate it is all i know about it um yeah i i uh i tend to side on the uh love actually is a you know, a bit of garbage, but uh, what does Katie, uh, uh, your fiance, think of it? Yes, my my fiance is a huge Love Actually fan. Okay, um, so there you needless go. to say, uh, we 
we watched uh, Die Hard together. It was her first time. And oh. uh, I think she would uh, choose the, the Alan Rickman flick uh, Love Actually over, <laughs> over Die Hard. Wow. Let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just heard so many weird things about it, like that some people are just like, I don't know. Is it Andrew Lincoln that has a scene that he's just being like overly kind of pushy creepy. about yeah yeah, yeah. and some you reason know, people look over that but some people can't get over that like there's a there's a lot of gross misogyny that gets overlooked in that movie that yeah, um, that's i don't, I don't even it. understand why you know well guys uh, it's love actually that's how love, love is it's, okay yes yeah <laughs> it is love. love actually have you seen that chase or no I, I if i'm not mistaken that's the one where at the end there's like the guys outside with the cards right yep yeah. yeah, I I've seen I I remember seeing it. It's been years. I remember liking it, but I don't know. It's been a good four or five years, so I probably have matured. Well, Alan um, Alan Rickman also plays. I I feel like a like a, a relatively yeah. yeah. He's a he's a relatively decent character, and there's there's some let's just say less likable folks in that movie. He's just like I believe in love. Actually, uh, love. Love, actually, love. Um, but I don't know, Chase. Do you have any particular favorites of the Rick Man? Dude, perfume. I'm gonna. Well, I, I don't want to say that's my favorite, but it, I have a hard time. I was it's shocked weird. with that movie and seeing him in it. I've only seen it once, obviously, with you. I don't like. Is he a big, big role in yeah, it? Yeah, he's or? he's pretty is much he like his the, mentor. No, or? remember, he is the kind of like the bad guy. Of the movie. Okay. So, well, technically our protagonist is the bad guy, but he's the guy who has his daughter who's the redhead, and he's trying to protect her and trying to find the murderer. Okay. And um, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. I'm remembering this now. I, I have not seen that. I'll, so I'll have to check that Ron out. Ron Lola Run is actually the same director and cinematographer as Perfume, which I was really excited about. Because I love yeah, Rose the Run. It's a good movie. It's a bit creepy, but it's really oh, well done. Yeah, I will say it's um, creepy. Uh, we're still talking about uh, perfume, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's very creepy. I will say it's a bit. It feels like it drags on, but visually, it. I feel like it. Yeah, it visually. I love it. I think it's um, filmed beautifully. And then I'm not going to go into these guys' filmographies, but I wanted to know if you caught them, Chase. Uh, the two FBI agents who, looking at the IMDb, I didn't catch this line, or maybe, I don't know. It's when they introduce themselves, but their names are yeah. Big Johnson and Little Johnson. Oh, I is heard. That what they introduced them? No, they're like, I'm, I'm Johnson and this is Johnson. No relation. No relation. Okay, so maybe they just added that, like that's in the credits yeah. as their name. But it's it, Robert Davey and Grandel Bush. Did you recognize at least Robert Davey yes, from anything? Yes, yes. Uh, it was uh, License to Kill. He's the main villain. I, 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 I was. Oh. I didn't know where I've seen him from, but I was like, I know, I know this guy. And his partner is also in License to Kill. Um, no. So I thought that was really interesting. Like, was that on purpose? Like, License to Kill, I believe, was before this movie. Um, who's a, a, I think an underrated. No, this is a year after this movie. Interesting. 89 was licensed to kill. I think it, I think Timothy Dalton in general was underrated as a Bond, but I don't know. It's a great one. Benicio Del Toro is in it. It's good. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know, kind of all I wanted to do with the actors. All right. Let's go into 
some facts. So the budget of this film was $28 million. Uh, total box office, it gave me a range, so I'm just going to go with the top one. It's saying it made around $139.8 to $141.5 million. So it definitely made its budget or made its money back. Um, Clint Eastwood said he would have taken a stab at John McClane. Originally, he actually owned the rights to the movie Nothing Lasts Forever, which he planned to star in, in the early 80s. But clearly that didn't happen, which, you know. It's, a, it's weird to picture that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. A lot of my notes are the people who could have played John McClane. And it's kind of, there's a crap ton of people. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think half of these people. The, the craziest one I saw was Frank Sinatra. That was my second one, Frank Sinatra. Well, I, I didn't even see that one. So okay, because okay. he starred in his big adaptation of The Detective, uh-huh. uh, Frank Sinatra had been offered the role at the age of 73. And he <laughs> oh smartly turned it down. He was like, nope, not doing it. Which I was like, that would have been crazy to think Frank Sinatra doing it. Yeah. would have been I, like, die hard. So some uh, other some other true. ones that actually like the studio knew they had to get a like a bone like you know an action star to play the role so they offered the part to like huge A actors such as like Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte. Yeah, Nolte, thank you. Mel Gibson, which again, he's back. Uh <laughs> Richard Gere, Don Johnson, Burt Reynolds, and Richard Dean Anderson, which is MacGyver. And they all MacGyver, turned it down. They, they declined MacGyver. it. But um Wow. I, I I so I read the Robert De Niro one. He would have been still an okay. Uh did you read that fact though, Chase? Um that Bruce Willis was offered the the role of uh Midnight Run. No. Uh, you remember we watched that yeah. movie like two years ago? Um and he turned it down and Bruce Willis turned down uh I mean, Robert De Niro turned down turned Die Hard. Down, yeah. They both came out in the same year. But, That's uh, crazy. I think Die Hard's the better movie, but I do enjoy Midnight Run a lot. The, yeah. Um, De Niro, Charles Grodin movie. Yeah. Kind of going into uh, actors who could have played uh, actors. I don't know if you um, saw the uh, thing about um, who was supposed to play Hans Gruber I did see that. originally. Yeah. Yeah, it was Sam Neill, which um, I think would have Ooh. absolutely been an interesting, interesting role. Yeah, it seemed like wow, this movie they had Sam a lot Neill. of plans for that didn't go through, which would have been like, it would have been interesting to see what that movie would have been with any of these like decisions I, they went with. I think this movie is nearly a perfect script. It's great directing. It's great acting. But I think one of the key ingredients is Bruce Willis. Yes, like, 100%. He's yes. so good in this movie. Um, Could you I just I, I can't pick like I can't picture Clint Eastwood just be like yippee kaye motherfucker. Well, that's and you know, be like yippee yippee kaye yippee you know that like, that's, da, da, da. that line was improv. That line was actually like a joke that he did on set, and they're like, "Ooh, I like it," and they kept it in. Um, yeah, apparently uh, because of his certain improv in this movie, uh, that got Terry Gilliam to notice him when he heard about how much he improv. And uh, that's why Bruce Willis was in 12 Monkeys, which is a phenomenal movie. Uh, the Die Hard Nakatashi Pal- er, Plaza is actually the Fox Plaza. It's the corporate or headquarters of 20th Century Fox, which is you know the studio that made the movie. 
Yeah. I, I, I saw that. That was that was crazy to yeah. learn about because I, I guess the building was actually still being built. So they like they were fine using the construction essentially as a set. Um, and Fox actually charged themselves rent for filming the movie, even though wow, the building wasn't crazy. being used yet. Did you yeah. guys also read that they did the real explosions for the most part yes. on the inside of the building? Yes. Like seems like, I don't know, so dangerous, but that's pretty cool. Uh, the German, I think we talked about this last night when we were uh, playing. Uh, the German that Hans Gruber speaks in Die Hard is all gibberish, or mostly gibberish. It's it's not, like, grammatically correct, no, for and sure. It was yep. a bulk of the German uh, cohorts, so, like, his Co- henchmen. Yeah. Yeah, they're also not German. And it's funny that Bruce Willis, on the other hand, is actually born in West Germany with an American father and a German mother. I blew my mind. <laughs> that that, that's crazy. Yeah. I, so, I, um, I, I, wait, I just so, had a comment, though, on, on the German, though. Uh, I, I feel like when you kind of look at ingredients, though, of just, you know, awesome action movies or, like, how you can come up with, you know, awesome villains or, you know, let's let's just say – there's some history there and, and Germans could come off as, as solid villains. And I feel like it was just a, a perfect, um, you know, I, I idea to have these, uh, you know, just kind of big, scary German yelling guys who take over this holiday party. Um, wait, so I, I, I don't think this is an actual thing, but when I read that fact about Alan Rickman, like his German, not, you know, practically being gibberish, um, you know the scene. Uh, what's the 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 older brother? Well, I assume he's older. The long hair brother. Yeah. Is his name Carl, yep. I think. Yeah, Carl. Um, Hi when, there, brother. When Alan Rickman's like, shoot the glass, but he says it in German first, and the guy looks at him like, "What the fuck did you guys? What did you just say?" Like, like, shoot. The yeah, glass. he does that exact face you just made, Matt. And then he's like, shoot yep. the glass. Um, I, but I thought that was great. Like I, I feel like the the bulk of the you know the again the the German bad guy yelling is just schnell schnell. There's yeah. you know, a lot of good schnells in that. Um, my last fact that I have was John McClane's tumble down the ventilation shaft was actually an accident or an error. Uh, the scene, yeah, the stunt, yeah, double, the stunt right. double was supposed to grab the first uh, vent but missed by a lot and the editor loved it and thought it made the footage look more exciting. So he kept it in for the final. Edit. That's cool. That's awesome. I, I love tidbits like yeah, that in like such too. an iconic scene. It's like, that was a mistake. Like, um, see, those are the facts I look for. I eat up. Yum, 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 yum. Okay. So I had a few, uh, little bits, little small trivias that I wanted to add. You, you're, you said that was your last one. Yeah, right? that was my last Jeez. one. Um, but, uh, while making this film, cinematographer John DeBont uh, got trapped in a lift. Uh, this later gave him the inspiration for the opening scene of Speed, which he directed. I don't know if you oh. remember that, but that's like uh, when Jeff Daniels dies yeah. and uh, Dennis Hopper is like, uh, "What's it gonna be, Jack?" Like I don't know. Like uh, it's a it's a good it's a really good scene. And I'm like, oh good, like Die Hard created another amazing action scene, and that's. That's up there, my top tier action movies as well. Yeah, um, I never, never gave Speed a fair shake until Steven uh, showed it to me, and I was like, "This movie's good." Our past uh, guest quiz, hot shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, I just wanted to mention, um, 
Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Uh, this is a uh, like almost an urban legend, but because uh, I was looking it up online, I've thought this my whole life that the television dub they say Yippee Kaye Melon Farmer, and people are like, maybe one version out there originally said that, and that's where it got into people's minds. Or in Die Hard with the Vengeance, uh, Sam Jackson calls um, Bruce Willis a motherfucker, but he says Melon Farmer. But that's just like a classic people remember that from being Die Hard. But as of what everyone can find, he says, yippee ki uh, uh, what is it? Like Mr. Something. I can't I, think of I the always, name. I don't know. But uh, there's a scene in Pineapple Express where uh, – Danny McBride, I'm pretty sure he goes, let's go get these melon farmers, which is a direct oh, reference, reference to that, for... to, that uh, um, to that urban legend or whatever it may be. But, um, but yeah, that was, uh, it was, uh, there was, I think it was the writer. One of the writers was driving home one day after he got into a big fight with his wife and, um, a he was driving in front of a truck that was hauling refrigerators and a box fell off the truck and flew into his windshield but it happened to be empty but he just remembered thinking like i could have just died after getting into a major fight with my wife and that ends up kind of being a big theme in this, in this movie, movie that i, yes. I love it, like adds yep. so much heart um but uh I was- yeah I, I was going to say earlier when we were talking about uh, Love Actually and Merv, you know, being the, the heart of it, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you could you could argue Die Hard's an action movie. You could argue it's a Christmas movie. You could also argue it's a love movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I would argue it. Love. It's love, actually. Love. Love. Um, but yeah, you want to take a break, Chase? Yeah. So let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors, which is just my voice. Let's talk about the plot, or at least the movie itself. Uh, where do you guys want to start? Um, I mean, I feel like we got to acknowledge right off the bat, yeah. uh, fist with your toes. Like I've yes. done that because of this movie. <laughs> whenever I travel, I still I don't have like. I don't really get what is it called, like Anxiety jet lag or, or anything. Yeah, but it does make you feel comfortable when you get home and you go on a carpet and you're like, "Ooh, ooh, I'm doing I, it." For now. some reason, in my mind, I always think that scene he's talking about, like he's barefoot on the plane doing it next to yeah. him. And I'm always like, "That's gross." Yeah, no, no, he's I don't just talking do that. about like as soon as you get to your destination, make a yeah. fist with your toes, and then I love when Take <laughs> Bruce Willis is doing it when he finally uh, when he gets a. Uh, Nagatobi, what is it called? Nagatobi Plaza. Nagatobi Plaza. Yeah, uh, and he's just like son of a bitch, son of a bitch, <laughs> with your toes. Like he really likes it, <laughs> but that sets uh, up like one of the greatest plot points in this movie is him being barefoot throughout the entire film. Such exactly. a weird action movie choice, but it's so good. It gives I, that I just feel like that scene is so great. Just being able to have the simple dialogue of a guy telling you to take your, you know socks and shoes off and just bunch up your toes and a fist so if you're afraid of flying it makes you feel better and it, it sets the tone it's absolutely a huge plot point um 
And then uh, I don't know. So he he gets the limo with uh, Argyle. Argyle. And I just like that scene. Like I was reading about how they. Strangely, I don't know if you guys read this, but like it's a wonderful life was slightly an influence on this movie like the I, I think the original book like it was a guy that was just like very confident and headstrong and like good at what he does but like in this movie it's just like Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis is a Joe Schmo like yeah. he sits up front in the limo he's never been in a limo well, he doesn't like, want to be he he doesn't like going in the back and feeling luxurious like he's just yeah. like no just yeah just drive me to the destination he's like oh let me tell you about your life I'm like nope just just drive me there don't want to know like, great little character detail setting up like kind of who he is um and then like i don't know like they as soon as he gets there they set up that his his wife has um started going by Gennaro instead of mclean um and i like him just looking around the building and just kind of establishing what the set of this movie is gonna be like he looks at the security guard that's about to die and um and I, I paused it when, um, when, uh, the guy, what's his name? The like nerd guy that's like breaking into the vault, Theo, I think, um, I paused it right when he's walking in and he's like talking about, uh, the uh, basketball game. or basketball. You're right. Yeah. He talks about football later. Um, yeah. but he, I think he like, uh, he like says like Kareem, like I assume like it's, talking about Kareem. A, a yeah. He's, he's talking, uh, James, James Worthy sets up Kareem who passes it to magic. And then he, yeah. he basically talks about a play that, you know, the, the, the slam dunk is the bullet to the head. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that was 18 minutes into this movie. So they set the movie up for about 18 minutes of setup and then boom, like in this movie's what? Two hours, 10 minutes, two hours and 12. <laughs> 212 yeah. yeah so it's it's like doesn't stop from there like there i don't think there's a a dull moment in this movie uh no. it's it's just such an efficient awesome action movie that's why uh, i like how it just keeps like it, the pacing of it is so good because it's like they show you something and then it's like okay we're gonna get sick of this let's move something else in or let's give another like you know like the whole glass scene. That's the whole point is now he's injured and he can barely walk. And he's like, okay, now he has yeah. an extra step that he has to deal with. Did and you say, did you read that fact, Matt? I thought you wanted to bring up or. Uh, yeah. So I saw that um, Bruce Willis actually had four sets of feet for the movie. <laughs> um, they had uh, prosthetic uh, feet that they were using to, um, you know, have it shredded and you know blood coming out and everything like that and i guess there's actually uh scenes where you can tell yeah there's actually scenes where you can see part of his foot hanging off which i couldn't really uh you can catch kind of, many i think Did you could definitely tell in the bathroom yeah the bathroom you can yeah kind i think of tell. yes i think that's the scene is what he's in the bathroom and you see his foot dragging in. it's like partially hanging off yeah and they they also look they said a little bit like he has wicked large feet you know yes like, uh, which uh, i think is really funny like i don't want to look for that because i don't want to ruin anything for me but uh i'm I, curious if i'll ever notice that again i feel like this is a really good transition to what the notes that i had which i thought was absolutely hilarious um one of the first terrorists uh that uh mclean kills is the brother and uh, he, you know, takes off his feet, and he's like, "Of all the terrorists, I have to find the the one with the smallest feet in the world." And this guy is, is like probably six. Yeah, this, 
yeah, this this guy is probably like six two, six three, like massive yeah. build. Like, there's no way this there's guy no has smaller way. feet than Bruce Willis. Like, so I thought that was funny. I don't know. Every now and then you meet someone that's tall that has small feet for some reason, but uh, but I do love that line. All the guys, all the er, nine million terrorists in the world, and I have to find the one with feet smaller than my sister. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, again, it's like, I, I don't want to like have to go through this entire plot, but there's so many Rickman lines that I love so much, but I love when he's uh, like when they first go in and they shoot up the place and uh, Hans Gruber is just walking around and he's uh, explaining who uh, Tag- T- Taganachi or Tagagi. Yeah. Tagagi. 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 Uh, yeah, but yeah. he's he's explaining his whole history, and then he goes up to Ellis, who's uh, her coworker with the beard, and he's just like talking to his face, and, uh, and he just backs away. <laughs> Ellis is, just looks at him and nods, and he's just like has a smile or like this dumb look on his face, and he's like, "I can't even feel my nose right now." <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I, he's thinking that's the expression on that guy's face because he's just been doing coke this whole movie. So yeah, and, uh, and, and this is also another note that I had. That I feel like this is a good transition is that um i mean alice is such a great character in the movie i mean first i used of all, to hate him and now i love him he's like yeah, one of my favorite characters he's such a scumbag but that scene when he goes into you know hot the office and he's like office i can help you yeah like just booby that's just such a perfect yeah uh, yeah he's like hans booby yeah it's just (laughs) such a perfectly like you know you could just tell this guy's like a sleazy like salesman like but but um the whole cocaine thing i I think it's hilarious because like there's the one scene before he gets up to go into hans's office and like you see him like just doing coke in the middle of the crowd yeah and and then she uh and then uh holly like even looks at him is like what are you doing like and uh but uh, I thought one of the funny things, though, is that um, as he's talking to McLean on the walkie-talkie, they're pouring him a Coke, and it's like he's doing like cocaine coke yeah, throughout yeah. the whole movie. And then he finally, get, you know, he's drinking a Coke, and that's the last thing he does. He, well, I like I, how he's guys, chugging it down too. He's coke. like, "Uh oh, I need to get it this I, done." <laughs> I wrote down he he dies doing what he's love what he loves, enjoying Coke. Coke. <laughs> yep. I thought the same exact thing, dude. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, that scene is great because I always thought for some reason that scene he's exposing John McClane, but he's actually kind of like he's kind of like helping this. him out, but also I'm not gonna to get reveal because yeah, I think that scene is really well done because you're thinking, Oh fuck, he just screwed everything. Now Hans is gonna know that um uh his wife is married to john mcclain but he just says like we're old friends like we know he's like you idiot i don't know him at all tell him we don't know each other and he's just like oh come on you don't need that god like it's he's he's so stupid and oblivious it's i don't know he's a great great uh, little character actor for that for those moments uh, but I yeah. do love after he kills Tagagi. <laughs> last night, I said it over and over so I wouldn't fuck it up. But, I'm, of course, I'm messing it up. But I love how Alan Rickman goes, he won't be joining us for the rest of his <laughs> life. Well, he, he, takes a, he takes a breath. He's like, I can't do the voice. But he, he pretty much says, he won't be joining us for. And then he just takes a sip of his water and goes, the rest of his life. Uh, the rest anyways. of his life. <laughs> Uh, I, I loved it with that uh, Mr. Takaji scene when he's like, it's a nice suit. 
be a shame if someone were to ruin it. <laughs> He's like, I have two of those myself. <laughs> like, there's so many lines in that conversation where he's like, oh man, I want to find them. But he's like, um, I always enjoyed to make models when I was a little boy. <laughs> he goes, I read the article in Forbes. <laughs> I'm going to help like he's uh Tagashi's talking about how he's gonna like build up the infrastructure in Indonesia and he's like I read the article in Forbes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh I like the whole like I'm going to count to three and there will be no four. It like sets him up as a there villain will be that, no four. that's like such a cliche, you know, where they do yep. a countdown and don't yep. Follow through on yeah. their word, but like this villain does it. Like you know, he doesn't count to four. Well, like, I, I feel like that's a good like scene where he's like, "This is the first time we see him do something actually dangerous." Like it's the first kill of the movie, technically, but not really. But he's like, like sitting there and he goes, the "Well, you'll have too. to kill me," and he's like, "Yeah, okay." And then he just shoots him. You're like, "Oh, this guy is not fucking around." Like this yeah. is not one of those. That's. Uh, that's a good point, David, uh, that I feel like was a really big moment that established Hans Gruber as this like ruthless, heartless, you know, serious villain is he unscrews the silencer when he has Mr. Tagashi in his, in his office because he wants everyone to hear the gunshot. And yes, I don't know. It that's just and I like it too, because, uh, uh, John can't see Hans but he sees the the shot in the blood splatter and yep. he's just like, Oh yep. my God, these guys are serious. Like, and it just, I don't know. Like I just, I also wrote down that I like how outside of avoiding death, his whole team is like good at their jobs. Like they're all like yes. really like yes. good. Yes. Like, like they each have a job and a task yep. except I guess Carl, like I wrote down, did Carl, did his brother save his life? Uh, he goes at the power with the chainsaw okay. and his brother's like quickly trying to cut the wire. All Is right. he about to electrocute himself or no, what? So, no, so here, here's, uh, well, I, I actually had a note on this part uh, because so he goes up to him and he goes, hey there, brother. And then he starts the chainsaw <laughs> and he goes, wait, he screams, wait. Yeah. he's not finished with the wiring but then he just keeps on going which like makes this for this like weirdly intense scene where like i'm actually like oh my god finish the wires even though they're <laughs> the terrorists uh, but uh so i was wondering like why do you think he did that do you think that was like a sibling rivalry I th- I like think- oh i know what your job is <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, I, I feel know. like one of them is like, I don't care, I can be reckless, and the other one's like, no, you got to be smart about everything. And I feel like yep. that's the yep. dynamic of like their brothers. I don't know if they're twins. I don't know if that was a I, thing I too. Don't know. But like, it could I, definitely show one is reckless and doesn't care and wants to go in loud, and the other one's like, no, if we're methodical, we yeah. get away with it. Which I, is I, a I, yeah. Which is a good setup for, uh, yeah, like one is like kind of the nerd and one's the hothead and the nerd dies and the hothead is like, I'm getting getting revenge. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I I just, again, I think the script is perfect. Like there's just so many little bits like that are just so well sprinkled in to make the movie just feel great. And uh, I, the, the last thing I wanted to say about, uh, the the brothers though was 
like I, I, I feel like that was also what, what I was saying, like the sibling rivalry. I, I feel like that was like, a, oh, I know your job. I'm going to fuck with you as you're trying to get this done. <laughs> and like it was kind of maybe showing that they like, you know, probably had this, you know, uh, this love, you know, competitive love hate relationship. And yeah. like his death really did mean a lot that ended up like feeling this like feud that uh, you see throughout the movie until the very end, really. Yeah. Um, he is, you know, the I last d- one. That... To skip to the ending, uh, I I always had a problem with that, but now, like, I don't know. I think, like, I, I don't like how you see him hanging for so long yeah. to the point where, like, a scene passes and then you still another scene where, happens yeah. and they're running down the stairs and he's still him. hanging there. And I'm like, well, how the fuck did he just, like, wake up and he's yeah. like, oh, I'm no longer dead. Like, well, the other... I, I like it because it gives Al his redeeming moment. Yes. And yes, that, that, that makes it, it worth for. it to me. Like, it, it, it gives Have him that... Shot. Yes, yeah, because he shot, like, a 13-year-old boy or whatever, yep. like... And he's just like, I don't know. I feel like they should have been playing like the lethal weapon saxophone music when that happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I just love that. Um, this movie was one of those like, I know Dave and I have issues whenever we're typing notes. It's always quotes. This movie had so many quotes in it that I wanted to write down. My favorite one for some reason was when John's on the roof and he's like, I need help. There's hostages. They're like, sir, this is an emergency phone call. You have, if this is emergency dial nine one one, he goes, this, this is emergency. What does it sound like? I'm ordering pizza. And it's yes. like, yes, dude. Um, no fucking shit. Lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Yeah. I, I wrote down those people are the worst dispatch people because yes. like, it's a <laughs> because like the gunfire starts and everyone like goes in like at the dispatch. They're like, oh, and they're like, and they're well, like, let's just send a black and white. Yeah, and they're like, just send yeah. one car. I'm not really sure if that was I, massive amounts of gunfire or not. Like, Dave, I feel like you and I probably had the same notes on this movie because I, I I said the same exact thing to Katie and I thought that, that was such a joke. Like she's literally reacting, pulling yeah. the earpiece out of her ear to gun machine gunfire, like, and she's like, I'll oh, send yeah. a black and white. Yeah, I don't know what um, that was, but just send a car. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of think that that ties into a theme that I, I came up with, and, and that was, you know, the overall incompetence of the law of the enforcement. Fo- yes. So, yes. you know, at first you have the captain who's, like, not listening to the sergeant about, you know, McClain being a good guy, that there's hostages in there, blah, blah, blah. But uh, just to fast forward, like, uh, when the FBI shows up, which, by the way, you know, I feel like introduces the classic, uh, you know, I'm the deputy police commissioner. I'm in charge here. Yeah. FBI director. Not yeah. anymore. Like, you know, that <laughs> yeah, classic but thing. But jurisdiction's um, over or whatever. There, There's a scene when the uh, SWAT team is, like, finally moving in that you see this one SWAT guy, yes! police officer, who pricks himself, <laughs> yes! like, on a bush. And it's like, ow. Ow. And, what? Like, it, like, flinches. I'm like, I'm like, what? The fu- like that's why like did you modern, keep that in that's like dude. practically modern day yes. comedy of like so, just the guy be like ow and then he looks at it like and then just keeps like was that a mistake like did I that really know. happen do you think because that is I, like comedy gold for some reason i feel like it was comedy and and honestly i i kind of had another tie-in of a theme of the point that you could make the diehard is actually a comedy yeah um, yeah and right after that scene 
it's the, just oh the my god terrorist that's in the lobby setting up the shoot <laughs> and he and just then he, like, like goes out at the candy bar chocolate bar and he just like reaches down and grabs like what does he grab like <laughs> he, a hershey's uh, it's a Hershey. Yeah. It's like a crunch. Er, it's like a, a Hershey crunch bar. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a crunch bar. Well, you bar. see yeah. Hershey's at the front. Oh, I thought he was grab. Yeah. yeah. It later, it's a, a crunch bar. I thought <laughs> that was like comedy gold too. Well, and then also there's, um, I mean, first of all, there's the reporter who, you know, he, he's a total dickhead who yeah. ends up like, you know, getting Hans Gruber to figure out that Holly is McClade's wife, but uh, the. Uh, who, the anchor, the news anchor at the studio is also an idiot. idiot and yeah. uh, when they scene. bring it, yeah, you got. Well, I love that scene when they're bringing up. Um, well, so I had a question about this. Like, it's, um, ah, where did I write that down? But I can't remember what country, or I mean, what place they mentioned, but they're talking about like the guy on the news is talking about Stockholm syndrome in. Yes. Or yep. he's talk- yeah, but it they don't say Stockholm. What do they it, say? No, it's uh it's... Helsinki syndrome. Yes. And then yeah. the, the anchor goes as in Helsinki Sweden. And then the expert just goes, uh Helsinki Finland. <laughs> and then the reporter just looks Hersky, back at the camera. But yeah, he's just like, oh yeah. And he's like he's like, Oh, so the audience doesn't know it's Helsinki, this country, and then the guy's yeah. just like, No, and he's just like <laughs> Oh, so the <laughs> news. I do love all the incompetence in this movie. Um, the news reporter, by the way, is the guy from Ghostbusters. Who? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. I was gonna bring that up. Uh, I love to mention William Bathurst. Yeah, I feel like he always plays a prick. I always actually, a prick. Um, so I watched Die Hard too, which uh, I've never like given like a fair shake. Like I feel like we watched like bits of it as kids, but I was always like, oh, that movie sucks. And I felt like I kept reading, like it's not that bad. I couldn't stand it. Like, really? At first, yeah. I, I, so I was watching it like the first 40 minutes with uh, Matt and I's dad, who was a air traffic controller for like, well, he worked, he, our dad was an air traffic controller, but in general, he's worked for the FAA for like, I don't know, like 30, 30 plus years. years. Yeah, 30 plus um, years. And there's like, <laughs> like it, it was all not like that whole movie takes place like at an airport and almost all of it is nonsense. And I kept being like, well, dad, like the general public doesn't know this, but the more I watch it, I was like, this is the dumbest fucking movie on earth. And like they double down on the incompetence of like the cop. Uh, it's a guy from like Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blues. I forget his name, but that cop is just awful. In it. Guy. Yeah. And then it's just like. Uh, just in comparison to this movie where John McClane is a guy who doesn't want to be in this situation and he's just trying to figure out how to survive and to save get his wife. Yeah. The second one is like, how do we put him in the center of this movie? Totally unnecessary. The action is like, I've never seen so many terrorists or they're actually like ex-military, which makes it even worse. Yeah. Who are so terrible. Not a single shot. Like, is accurate like well, isn't like, that, it wasn't the whole point like if i'm not mistaken there's only one scene i remember that i loved and it was when like the old cabin that's on the field but not on the airfield it's 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 a church yeah it's like behind the airport yeah. wasn't yep. like yep. you find out the like ammunition some of it was actually false okay. am- i really ammo. like 
I like that plot point a lot because like yeah. at some point it's like an ex general is the one yeah. causing all the things, and then like a general comes in that's like, oh, this guy used to work for me, and you think uh, it's like uh, it's it's Bartlett's doctor from West Wing that ends up dying, but that's who plays this general that's like, I'm the good guy. This guy used to be under my command. He was a little shit, and then like I don't know three fourths of the way through the movie, Bruce Willis realizes that they have certain bullets that either have blue tape or red tape on the yes. magazine and clips. it's red is live and, blue is and blue is blank yeah. and he realizes that the like team that they called in to help the situation was all shooting blanks and i thought that was a really clever plot trick but the whole movie is just like it's so stupid like in the <laughs> oh, I don't know. The, oh, the you didn't like the like, yippee kaye part at the end? Come on. <laughs> I know. I just, it's I, horrible. I was surprised at how much I hated them. I gave it two stars. That was the lighter that down today. on the runway yeah. Yeah. that goes that to the plane. That seems kind of cool. Not yeah, bad. It is. Like, it is. Um, That's an okay yippee kaye motherfucker. I, I don't like the scene like where like uh, the main villain is like, how many grenades do you guys all have? And they're like, three each. And he's in the cockpit of uh, like the military plane. And they just start like hucking in grenades. I swear it's like a two minute long scene of John McClane watching grenades fall in. And I don't know if it's because I've played so many video games, but I'm like, grenades don't last this long to the point no. where there's at least like nine grenades sitting in the cockpit. And he has time to strap himself in and hit the ejector seat as it's exploding. That doesn't exist. And no. it looks like shit too. It looks awful. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, it, it was I, I bad. Kind of- I kind of wanted to bring something up, uh, a fun fact, because you were talking about the blanks and the plot of Die Hard 2. Yeah. Um, I did. Did you guys see in the the making of this movie yeah. that they the muzzle they flash used, thing? Yeah. Well, so they used uh, real blanks because you know they wanted it to be as realistic as as possible, and apparently for certain scenes, um, they actually uh, modified the blanks to make them louder. And including one of those scenes was when Bruce Willis was underneath the table and fires up into the uh, the terrace guy that's on top of it. And he has suffered permanent hearing, hearing loss damage. from that since then. Whoa. Well, yeah, yeah, I did hear crazy. that. There was another thing is uh, apparently Alan Rickman didn't like how loud the actual like filming yes. was. And he was like, every time a gun would go off, he would flinch like every time. So like the scene <laughs> at the end where he's shooting in the office, you can see him like flinch while he's shooting the gun because did he's like, read, what did you guys read that? One of the first scenes they shot was their meeting and Alan Rickman, like yes. jumps down a platform and he like yeah. broke or sprained his leg or something. So he's wearing so, a cast for like a good amount of certain scenes. I, w- I was going to say uh, uh, a, uh, brace. It sounds like Alan Rickman was kind of a problem on this film because uh, Chase, you brought up the, the point about how he was flinching from the gunfire. Yeah. Um, I read every single time that he was actually the one that was shooting. They had to cut away from his face every single time. Like, well, and then oh, oh, no. um, there was also the American. That's what uh, I was just going to bring that scene. up where it was yeah. like, for some reason he couldn't do it well enough. And it was just having, or what was it? It was, they were having issues well, with everything that he was saying. I thought that that was what I read. I don't know if you guys read something different, but I read that they weren't really sure how to do the meeting between him and John McClane until they found out that he could do an English accent, which is like 
bad good or an American accent, American, which is yeah. like bad good to the point where it really fits in with the plot. And once they learn that, they're like, oh, that writes itself. Like, that's what he's going to do. Um, so I, I, I read that um, I, I think the director was frustrated with the fact that he thought he sounded too much like what McLean had already heard from Hans Gruber. So, like, okay. even though he was doing an accent, like, you'd still recognize someone's voice. So I have a question. Do you think that McLean was just being safe, like he was testing him, or he knew right off the bat, like because he gives him the gun with no bullets in it? I Well, I think – personally, I think he actually – he doesn't know if it's true or not, but at the same time, he's not going to hand someone a gun even if he does believe them. Yeah, uh, I – yeah, but it's like, like, what if they kept going and he didn't try to shoot him and then they get into a scenario and he's like, this gun doesn't have bullets, McLean. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I feel like I should have mentioned this when we were going uh, into Alan Rickman. I don't know if you guys read this, but this is his first acting role. Like, or no, uh, not acting role. This first is his feature first feature film. film. Feature, yeah, he had only done TV movies in England and he's like, I don't know if I want to be a villain for my first role. But he accepted it eventually. Um, well, American Hollywood like me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets, you know, typecasted into villains, kind of. You but, know what, uh, Matt? You bring up a good point. Maybe Alan Rickman was hard to work with. Because even just the small <laughs> fact, I didn't bring this up, and I did love this fact, and I was going to bring it up in this. So the scene where he falls, how they made it yes. look like his, like he was an actual, like, scared and awe, was they gave him a count of three, but they actually pulled it on two. Or, uh, or the d- director said something like hold while they were shooting. So he actually thought he was really falling. Yeah. I wonder if that was them going like, I don't, I don't trust his acting. I'm he just going to, yeah, yeah. like, we're just going to scare the hell out of him and hopefully it looks good. Uh, you know what I liked is another just tight writing thing. Um, but, uh, and I didn't notice this until this very viewing after seeing this movie so many times, but that final scene, like it all is hinging on, the Rolex watch that they mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah. The, like he's, <laughs> it's he's trying to untach, un, uh, like detach that watch from, um, God, is her name Holly? What's Holly. Her name? Holly. 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 Yeah. He did it, Dave. Uh, yeah. Uh, who is in the second movie? They're back together. He's an LAPD cop in the second movie. And then by the third movie, he's an NYPD cop again. And <laughs> she's not in it. But he just is like, yeah, we got to fight. Like, <laughs> we got to fight. That's all her multiple times through the movie. But um, I do got to mention the third movie is amazing. It's such I a good I love the yeah. third movie. It, it is a good epic, Like, it's another good, like, buddy movie with him and Sam Jackson. And, uh, and then uh, Jeremy Irons plays spoilers. He's uh, Hans, Hans Gruber's brother. brother. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the end of that movie still has like a little bit of ridiculousness to it. But for the most part, it maintains the, the edge of this movie of a guy that's just like not trying to be involved in this action movie. He's just trying to survive. Yep. But um, I mean, let's talk about how resourceful he is in this movie. Like, yeah. yeah. MacGyver. Which yeah, I want to uh, tie tie this back into kind of like Home Alone. He's kind of like yes. the, the typical like Kevin going, okay, what can I do to play around with these people? Okay, oh, yeah. so my dad said the same thing to me last night. And I was like, dad, I literally have in my notes. He's so resourceful. This is Kevin McAllister grown up as a cop. As a cop, like, yes. <laughs> he's just so good with everything. Like he's just, I don't know. Like I love the... 
like putting the MP4 or MP5 in the fan. That part, like yeah, the fan, like the, the machine, yeah, the yeah, fan, where and that's how like he's lowering himself, himself down, down. Which is, like, by the way, a really intense scene. I would you see the strap like shit, loosening, dude. and he has to like jump to another vent, and he ends up missing that, falling like yes. three more floors. Um, and then uh, the. I mean, we got to mention the classic line after he kills Carl's brother and he sends him down the elevator yeah, shaft. Yeah, he's like, and, and now I goes, have a machine gun. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. And it's like Alan Rickman has never heard the term ho, ho, ho the way he reads it. He's <laughs> yeah. like, what do these words mean? Her. I also really like the first time they interact on the walkie-talkie. In a, so another thing I love is how he's writing with a Sharpie down all their names. Like, so he can yes. will, counting yes. how many people uh, he knows. So yes. smart. Yes. yes. Uh, but I love when he says Hans to him. Alan Rickman looks at the walkie-talkie. He's like, how does this walkie-talkie know my name? <laughs> like, I don't know. The way he looks at the walkie-talkie is that the device itself does it, his yeah. name. Like, <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I just, this movie's so good. I mean, it just, really is. just having like, you know, he takes all the C4 in the bag, puts it in a rolly chair and throws it. To, like, how would yeah. you know that was going to work or do what anything? He, what Which, he, he flips the computer monitor yeah. onto it yeah. and then ties it with the yeah. wire. Like, I love that. Yep. Like, I don't know. And then also he had been down or I thought he had been down there and uh, knew that the weapons were down there too. So he oh, was true. able to blow up, yeah. uh, blow up their, their, you know, yeah. Their and I love how, how bad he gets when they, you know, when they destroy the, uh, the like armored vehicle, he's like, yep. get the fucking point odds. Like, yeah. let him back off. Yeah. Uh, and that's when he ends up throwing the C4 down because uh, what does Alan Rickman say to him that he like repeats when he's sending the C4 back down? Uh, oh no, I don't remember, but I don't. he's like, I don't know. It's great though. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you guys uh, when he's talking to Al on the phone or on the radio. Um, he says, like, these guys are, like, definitely European. Their clothes, their accents, their guns. And then he pauses and he goes, they're cigarettes. What did, why did he pause? I think, I think he, he thought he cigarettes? heard something. Okay. I, I was like, oh, this must come back later. Um, the only way the cigarettes come back is when he first meets well, Hans. And then, and then he, he gives him a cigarette. cigarette. And then Hans just takes the pack and puts it in his pocket, <laughs> which is a really strange move when someone gives you a cigarette that you just take well, the I whole think, pack. <laughs> I think the pack only had two left that he gave That's him the last one. That's what I think, one. yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, I'll hold your garbage, McLean. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but, know. I I thought the same thing, but I'm like, maybe it's him listening because he looks at like the elevators for a bit and then stays yeah. silent and then is like, "There's cigarettes." Yeah, I thought for some reason he came up with an idea or a plan or something because of that, but it never never comes back. It just um, goes dun dun dun, dun and then he becomes Kevin McAllister and runs down the hallways and starting yeah. to like do booby traps and stuff. How did, yeah. I don't know if I like blinked and missed it or I was taking notes or whatever. Is does he get rid of his shirt because he's repairing? He wrap, he, yeah. he wraps it around his feet. Okay. Yeah. He rips his shirt in half and wraps it around his feet. Yeah. Which, did you guys uh, read the statistic? There's like 17 versions of the shirt that like, well, got did you know, dirty yeah. or the, whatever. there's one of them that's in a museum. 
yeah, the original yeah. American it's, Museum of it's, uh, or American Museum of History. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. American History Museum. Um, I like the the title for that topic or that that little fact. It says, "You can look, but you cannot touch." John yeah. McClane's sweaty dank top. <laughs> um, um, the uh, reference at the end where he's like. Uh, fuck. Uh, what does he say? He's like, Grace Kelly and, uh, who else does he say? The actor. He gets, oh. he gets the actor wrong. Oh, I thought he got he, the actor wrong. Then he goes, that's Gary Cooper, asshole. It's Gary that's Cooper. A, uh, oh, it's yeah. a high noon reference. Which is uh, reference. well, cause he keeps on calling him cowboy. Yeah. yeah. Cowboy. Well, yeah, it starts with the John Wayne thing and he's like a more of a Roy Rogers guy. Yeah, Rory Rogers was a space, yeah. space guy, right? I think he was like a uh, that was a uh, he was like a space cowboy or something. Old shit. I thought I thought he was in like classic cowboy movies too. No, uh, I think Roy Rogers is the name of an actual property. Um, let's check well, it's it out. It's a restaurant. Let's check it out. Hack the it's mainframe. A, it's a really gross uh, kind oh, of no, fast food restaurant. Okay, I'm stupid. Uh, but speaking of references, uh, one of the things I thought was funny, considering he directed him in, in two, you know, movies or actually maybe even three, um, when, uh, uh, McLean's talking to Al and he's like, these guys have enough explosive to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny that he um, even referenced him. And then I don't think he worked with, uh, yeah, he, he worked with two, I think Schwarzenegger's, uh, but, um, he doesn't reference him by name, but they do say um, Rambo as well. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, funny. Uh, because they're talking about like, like what you're at, a kid at that's time, watched at the too time, many. Yeah, Bruce Willis would not be in the pantheon of those actors, but now it's like he is. You know, like <laughs> yep. an action. I feel like star. that's why he, it works for him. Like with the other yeah. people who are supposed to be casted into it, I feel like this is someone that hasn't been well known for an action movie. Having someone new to do it would be awesome, and they did it. It worked very well. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have a much more on the plot, or no? I, like I think uh, a lot of stuff. I feel I like, like the final scene too. with Argyle driving into uh, the car. Yeah, gets, crashing you know, into it. That he that he. I do like I do like Argyle's entire plot. He's just in the limo the whole time, oblivious on the phone with girls. Yeah, <laughs> they think I'm going Vegas right now, <laughs> or whatever he said. So um, I have a question. Why? How does Hans Goober know? Goober. Yeah, I know Goober, 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 Gooby. Um, how does he know that the FBI like their plans for like? Okay, they're going to do this. Where they're going to turn off the actual power. They're going to like Is that ever explained or no? Yeah, they're following the standard uh terror situation yes, how, playbook. How does he know? How does he know the standard playbook? I read it in Forbes. <laughs> Forbes. Forbes. He's a smart guy. He probably did his research. Yeah. Yeah, looked that's at, like a, looked at past events that the FBI's responded to. I did like that little plot line because he just is like, I don't care until the FBI shows up. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I like that little tidbit of like that was what he was waiting for the whole time, which seems like mm-hmm. a crazy plan. And I do like the FBI agents how they just die in a blaze of glory. At the end. He's like, this reminds me of Saigon. And the I, guy was was like, I was in Saigon. Yeah. I was a junior high. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I also kind of like how he didn't tell his whole entire crew what the plan was. Like the police come, they're like, calm yeah. down. We needed this to happen. It just happened yeah. earlier. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I would, you know, join a crew not knowing the entire plan whatsoever. It's got to <laughs> bank on Hans knowing what he's doing. Well, he didn't. Yeah. He died. Everyone died. Yep. Well, <laughs> you live and you learn or you die. Die hard. Die hard. Die hard. <laughs> um, everyone did die pretty hard in this movie. Oh, yeah. Except the which first I, guy, he fell downstairs. Yeah, yeah he which just, like broke I was, his neck. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I, that didn't look like it was yeah. gonna die. But so I, I ended up actually because I, I, I was getting a little worried considering that was the first kill, and you know, I think it had been a couple of years since I've seen the movie, but like, I still know it's it yeah. was solid. But like, I was a little worried. I was like, wait. Like, are, are some of these action sequences not as good as I remember? And I, like, rewound it, and he was – he had his arm wrapped around yeah. his neck, and then the guy lands with his head on the ground, and oh. then Bruce Willis falls behind him. So that, like, okay. obviously snapped his neck. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, feel like they could have probably showed that. It just looked better. like he just – they just fell downstairs and yeah. looked and goes, they were oh, just well, tumbling. he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do- thought the same thing. I think one of my favorite uh, kills, we already talked about the guy that you said like went partially deaf, but he's just like, no more table. Where are you going? And he's like, <laughs> next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. And he's just like, thanks for the advice. advice. Well, there's so <laughs> many good one-liners. Yeah. In do, you know, movie. do you know who that reminded me of for some reason? I was thinking of Tommy Wiseau from like the room. I was just imagining <laughs> yeah. the guy on the table and goes, no more room, no more room. <laughs> Hi, Mark. There's no more table. No more table. Um, I do. I just <laughs> some more great one liner. <laughs> uh, some more great one liners is. I looked I just, up a list of of one liners. I I think Chase got the best one with the the pizza. Like Ordering a pizza. Yeah. Yeah, what was it? Oh, it was great line. God damn it. I have the best or top ten oh, best quotes. He says, Come to Papa, I'll kiss your fucking Dalmatian. Looking <laughs> <laughs> at the uh the fire department coming. Um but then he's just like the fire's been called off, my friend. I don't know if that was even a Rick Bid line. Um and then uh uh yeah, of course, this is a really famous lie, but it's just come out to the coast, get together, we'll have a few laughs. <laughs> He's crawling through the vent with the lighter. Uh, I just remember that from Workaholics. One of the characters does a really good impressionation of that scene, but he's crawling through a vent. Yep. So. I, I thought a really good uh, quote was um, it, it was just like really just really awesome acting and just a great scene uh, was with um, when Ellis is in the office like schmoozing with Gruber and he's like telling him like what he thinks the situation is and that Don's Gruber's like they're very perceptive <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah he's just like, it, it's like the look on his face 
Um, yeah, I guess the, the booby line was also uh, oh. ad-libbed. Yeah. So, like, the look on his face is really genuine when he does that. Um, uh, I, I actually, now that you brought that up, I do want to bring in an element that I noticed throughout the movie, and it's kind of the, the wandering eye of John McClane. So he takes notice to so many women throughout the movie, yes. starting with, <laughs> oh like, the, the flight, flight attendant, attendant, the girl at the airport jumping into the, the guy's arms. up on the, the top. Yeah, the, yep. the pin-up of the yeah. naked girl on the Yes, wall. he does it. When he, he walks it past the naked girl pin-up, he does a double take. Like, yeah, and, he, he, and, and then he comes back and goes, ladies, and, and then he, like, touches it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I, I just yeah. thought that that was something that was kind of funny about McClay. It's like, yeah, he's just the blue collar guy, who likes, yeah. likes his woman, <laughs> likes his women. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know I'm what actually... else. I love this movie. I don't know why. Yes. It's one of those things that the more you talk about it, the more you're like, oh, this is a good movie. This is a good movie. So it's just is so it solid? Is yeah. it a Christmas movie? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Do you want to do the bar do, talk first? Yeah, does it pass a bar Christmas talk? Movie? Does it pass a bar I, talk? I think an easy yes. yes. I mean, I don't know. It's just so enjoyable, and there's so much, uh, there's there's so many bits that you can talk about and how well done they were. Yeah, I, I would just, I don't know. I mean, it is an action movie, which I feel like isn't typically a bar talk thing. You're like, yeah, that was a good action movie, but. Well, this has so much more layers to it. Like, this is definitely a movie that has layers. It's so well thought out. It's great. It has emotion. It has, like, character development is on key. Usually for, like, an action movie, you'll see a little bit, like, character writing. But, like, even small characters in this, like, movie have character developments. I mean, just having Al... You know, Al ends up shooting his gun. He shoots his yeah. gun. He tells a very emotional story, and then he like overcomes it and shoots his gun again, which that's Save just fantastic. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I I think the movie is just incredible from like a, a cinematic standpoint. I mean, it's it's probably some of the best action of its time in terms of like gunfighting and scenery you know like uh, destructive environments and just you know really feeling like you're in the action yeah. i feel like it, it's definitely one of the best of, and you know of, of all time really still i agree to that and i i love i don't know I lo- yeah i love the action like the the violence is like really brutal which i love like i like like the slow motion just like <laughs> like explosions of like I don't know bodies and everything, <laughs> but uh, did you guys read that um, that Reginald Vell Johnson and him didn't meet until the actual scene where they meet at the end? Him and Al, oh, like no. yes, I did. Not I thought Bruce Willis has such a genuine reaction and like just an awesome, yeah. really, really great scene. Like the look on his face and how happy he is, and he like Which is, laughs and hugs him. Yeah, which is I will say. Uh, it felt a little ham-fisted that he's in the movie in the second one, but I do think, I do genuinely believe that they would have stayed in contact and been yeah. buds, you know? Yeah. Well, once um, you do, like, go through, like, a dramatic, you know, event yeah, like that, I feel together. like no matter yeah, what, yeah. you're going to be like, yeah, this guy talked me out some shit. They're, they're like, yeah. the only reasons that anything good happened because every single other police and SWAT and FBI, they're all danguses. Yeah. Um, idiots 
But uh, um, okay. okay. So I guess before we do our rating, we'll go down the old list, the the Christmas list. So what makes a Christmas movie? You know what I added from this movie that I was like, how the fuck was this not in here already? But I added Christmas trees. Oh um, yeah, I didn't. I yeah. didn't realize. But very so, very good. So going down the list, we have a lesson learned, definitely, yeah. right? Um, a sort of miracle. Yes, for Hans yes. Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber yes. says he our miracle. says it. Yes, the FBI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that <laughs> because it was like miracle. they literally mentioned a miracle. You asked for a miracle, Theo. Um, Christmas music. Yes. yes. Uh, yep. Oh, to is, joy throughout the entire, entire movie. movie. Yeah, which is crazy. I wanted to ask you that. Do you do you remember what our weird connection with Ode to Joy is? Uh, Christmas Eve Mass. No. Uh, it's something that has lyrics to it. I don't think the original Ode to Joy has any lyrics. I don't know. No. I'm trying to Aldrin, play. Aldrin, school for, for learning. learning. <laughs> <laughs> We went to wow. a yeah, in rest wow, in rest in Virginia. David. Um, we went to a, a school named after Buzz Aldrin, um, and he actually came to our school a few times every year. And he brought Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, that we had this stupid song that I will never forget. I think like <laughs> school yeah. for learning science, science technology. No. But, but that went to the theme of, of uh, Ode, Ode to, to Joy. joy. Um, wow, but, uh, that's crazy. I love how that's like the, the villain theme throughout this. And you hear Hans Gruber like whistling um, through it. Uh, uh, that no, I don't told think me what it was. It's Beethoven something. Like I don't know. think Ode to Joy is played at Christmas Eve Mass. I think that's uh, Joy to the Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That, I think, Sorry. I don't know. Is it got that mixed up. No, uh, I don't think it is. I think it's just more of a classic. It's definitely a classic but yeah, it has dude. like it feels like a Christmas song. I know, yeah, like I wow. feel like I, I haven't seen this the the newest Die Hard. I feel like there was like a Russian theme "Ode to Joy" when like in the trailer, but I don't know. But it does have other Christmas music for sure. Yeah, the like, the, the end of the movie ends with a Christmas song. Yeah, you know? and as also yeah. the uh, at the beginning, he's like, "Do you have any Christmas music?" And Argyle's like, yeah. "This is Christmas music," and that's yeah. the Run DMC song from uh, Yeah. The night before, yeah, um, has family, friendship, love, definitely. Yep, um, Santa, yes, the Santa puts the Santa hat on uh, Carl's brother and sends him down the elevator. Has decorations. The one thing it's missing, I think, is snow. Yeah, um, there's yes. no snow. No snow. classic, classic Christmas movie reference. All right, I got it. Or it, not necessarily classic Christmas movie reference, but classic like Christmas literature or whatever. Uh, the scene when Theo's like, um, they're, the FBI's moving in. He goes, "Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a okay. creature was stirring. Oh, except yes. the four police officers moving in to the backside. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, that's a classic Christmas reference, I guess. Yeah, you know. classic Christmas reference. I, I, I would argue that counts. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was stre- or I don't know if that's stretching, but I was no, no, I think no, that's, that's not great. I'm happy you thought of that. Uh, tradition, I don't know. A, a party, uh, office party. A ho- yeah, a holiday Christmas yeah. party. That, that could be a lot of people do Christmas, um, Christmas conf- Eve parties. Conflict, this whole movie is conflict. conflict. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has presents. Yes. Yep. It has Christmas it has, trees. It's a roll. And it has a Christmas tree. And the big stuffed bear from the beginning. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah, and that's the end of our list so far. I mean, I guess that's the end of our list forever because we're done. This is our last <laughs> until yeah. until our award show. Till next time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a good yeah, one to so, end on. So, <laughs> yeah, we talked. Do we talk about this on mic or were we just discussing beforehand that? For me, I would give this movie a 10 out of 10. But in terms of Christmas movies, I still think it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. But it's not like a 10 out of 10 Christmas movie. I so agree I'm going to say. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What are we rated any off of? Bloody Feet, right? Bloody, bloody Feet. I, I like the idea of Bloody Feet. I do too. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm going to say 8.5 Bloody Feet out wow. of 10. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's I, I'm gonna be honest. I I, I feel You're like higher? I was being no, I went a little lower. I, I, I love this to movie. Say eight, I but... did I did an eight. I, I was like, I love this movie, but as like a Christmas thing, it has to go down a few, just a few picks. Yeah. Uh and plus I, I don't know. A lot of the movies we've been reviewing, I we've been pretty up around eight or nine for a majority of them. Yeah. And I feel like this one doesn't hit those Christmas charms as much as they did. So that's why I brought it down to an eight. So I have eight bloody feet out of 10. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm definitely with you there, Chase. I mean, if you just kind of that, that was the big thing for me this time around watching it where I kind of took a step back and I, I feel like listening to the podcast you guys have been doing has really uh, impacted my view of Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Cause it's such an important genre and like how you view the movies and what the movies make you feel and how it's at attached to you know christmas i i feel like it's not not as not as up there as, as some of the other ones so uh <laughs> I, I, i'd probably go with uh seven bloody feet what? actually seven? For wow. Christmas movie. Wow. All right. yeah. i feel like i wow. need to pull myself down to an eight <laughs> now like i'm gonna go with <laughs> wow um, okay and I, and I have stuff to say about this, uh, and I don't want to steal too much from another podcast, but one of my favorite, I like highly recommend, just don't stop listening to us, is uh, Blank Check <laughs> with Griffin and David. Uh, they just covered A Christmas Carol, and they were talking about Christmas movies, and they were talking about how, like, Christmas movies are what you want them to be, which I think ultimately makes Die Hard a Christmas movie, because if you watch it every year on Christmas – that's a Christmas movie to you. Yeah. Because they brought up how uh, um, David Sims, one of the hosts, watches Lord of the Rings every year. And to me, that is a Christmas. Like, yes. It's perfectly, you know, like it came out around Christmas. You have yeah, that association exactly, with it. Exactly. Because they you even got it up, for Christmas. They even brought up um, uh, like Titanic came around Christmas. Like, you know, like yeah. there's there's I know you're not crazy about Titanic. They even brought up Avatar, which is around Christmas. <sighs> as well, <laughs> my uh, my um, buddy, my buddy texted me today and he goes uh, he was listening to the podcast and he goes, dude. Uh, I want you to mention this to Dave, but with Dave's recommendations or requirements for a Christmas movie, Batman Returns counts as a Christmas movie. And it yes. fits every it has a single lot of Christmas. Thing. Yes. It fits um, every category in our list. I mean, I would love to go through <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut as we're going to yeah. be doing honorable mentions yeah, at yeah, the yeah, other yeah. award shows, but I would okay. love to go through Eyes Wide Shut, which is like the least Christmas movie that has probably a lot of this. Yes. Like, a lesson learned 
decorations like family and friendship and love and like conflict and tradition and presents and christmas trees and like but that movie just is so fucked up it'd be weird to even <laughs> consider that like i love that movie but i don't ever think i'll put that into my rotation for christmas movies that's more of like when i'm watching stanley kubrick movies i'll watch that like when i go through his <laughs> filmography again but um yeah, so I, I I just felt like the blank check guys really opened my eyes in terms of like that's the end of the argument. It's it's a personal choice. Like you can argue till your hair falls out that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, but to me it is. Like and yep. I might not necessarily uh only exclusively watch it around Christmas. Like if someone wanted to watch it in the summer when it came out, I would watch it. But um I I I think it's one of those movies that like I want to put in my pantheon because also it mixes things up a little bit. It's a little bit of a different genre to put in, but I would like to point out, we went, how long did we go chase talking about the plot and barely, barely mentioning, I don't even know if we did anything Christmas Christmas related. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked diehard for a while. (laughs) Yeah. It's the setting and the reason for the yes. storyline, and that's like it. Exactly. Um, but it's still like, you it know, still it drives it though. Mood. Yeah, it gets you in a mood for like, you know, it, it definitely is just an action movie centered around Christmas. But like, even when you're sitting there, you're like, well, if my Christmas ended like that, can't wait for New Year's, which is you know, a line <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um, good, good one. Yeah. What was the other, the other thing I wanted to mention is that people often argue it's not a Christmas movie. It's an action movie. And I'm like, okay, so is the night before not a comedy? It's a Christmas movie or like yeah. – do yeah. they have to be mutually exclusive? I, I don't think so. Like, but. nope. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't know. I think ultimately, in, in my heart of hearts, it's a Christmas movie. But does it give me the most Christmassy vibes? Yeah. No. But no. so yeah. maybe I should even put it down to seven point five. I don't. Know. <laughs> I, I that's that's kind of how I viewed it, Dave. I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I'll, I'll always say it's a Christmas movie. And yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's just not one of the greatest Christmas movies yeah. of all time. Yeah. Like people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, you guys, yeah. You ready for random? Yeah. Random. Random. Welcome to random. <laughs> this time, Chase. I know. I had to, I had to wait until you said it. Um, so you said you didn't really have anything, right? I didn't really have much. I'm not going to lie. Uh, let me look at some stuff. It sucks because I swear I saved. A crap ton of it. An article from online, and now I can't find the actual article. Oh, I but, did. Um, this is a little bit that I have, but you want to, unless you have an article. Well, so oh. I don't know if this is like going to be like a full conversation, but it is certainly a huge deal. But um, Metro Golden Meyer MGM is for sale. What? Yes. Wow. MGM oh. is seeking a buyer for its studios and library of 4,000 plus titles, which streamer. Oh, which um, <laughs> which streamer should be new home for Bond? This says Bond, LOTR, and Rocky, but isn't Lord yeah. of the Rings like Dement, uh, New Line Cinemas slash Warner <sighs> Brothers? I feel like it's not so. MGM. Yeah. But, um, but also I was always confused because I visited Sony one day and uh, like, you know, years ago I was on the, the Sony – 
uh, lot, the studios, and MGM is there. The old studio is there. But I guess that's just like the original MGM. Uh, so I don't know if they're even still a studio or it's just like a – I don't know. I don't really know what MGM is anymore. But people were discussing like is it going to go to HBO? Is it going to go to Disney? Is it going to go to Netflix, which would be bonkers? But I don't think Disney should get it. It's a little bit too much for them. Yeah, I I um, agree. I mean, the, that that Bond it, franchise it, it, it in itself, it. like yeah. Well, Disney's yeah, gonna the, try to buy it. I mean, um, I think Warner Brothers would be a good home for Bond. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, if I wasn't so angry at Warner Brothers right now, well, I mean, they they need some more ammunition for that war against Disney. I mean, just the powerhouse of Marvel and Star Wars yeah, is growing yeah. by the minute. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I feel like I don't even, like, you know, I, I don't know. MGM has been having trouble for years, I feel like. I remember, like, back before um, I, I uh, Skyfall. Like, you remember the gap between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall? Yeah. yeah it, was it was because long. they were struggling, like, really hard. Like, I feel like they were going under and coming back and, like, I don't know. Oh, that's what it was, and I don't know if I have the article fuck but it's basically legendary pictures is trying to sue warner brothers over the hbo max announcement to the point where um they're trying to save dune because a lot of people are worried that if dune doesn't do financially well because of box office then it's fucked like and it's not going to gain enough popularity. And Dune is telling one half of the first book of Dune. Um, so if that doesn't end well, I mean, if that doesn't do well, they're, they are now halfway through a movie, basically, or yeah. through a story. And I'm just, I don't know. I really, really, really want Dune to do well. Um, so, like, they're saying, like, if anything, just push it back. Like, and they, I think, legendary pictures finance like 75 percent of it too uh so they're like you know like the warner brothers thing blindsided them so there there may or may not be a lawsuit over that um wow. not sure what the precedent is but they also have stakes in um godzilla versus kong which warner brothers is planning on releasing on hbo max which sucks but uh, i'm so excited for that yeah, but I don't know. I, I've made this argument several times that, like, I didn't – I wasn't crazy about Godzilla, King of Monsters, outside King of, of Monsters. Yeah. That it was awesome to see on a movie screen. Yeah. The monster battles were great. The movie around it sucked. Like, the plot I didn't sucked, even get to see it sucked. on the big screen. Uh, that's, that was the only enjoyment I got out of it. So if that's the case, like, I don't want to watch it on HBO Max if that's going to be the case – for Godzilla versus Kong, which I, thought, I think that movie will be a little bit better, but who knows? I thought it was a pretty, like King of Monsters. I thought it was I agree with you. It was a pretty weak storyline, and uh, but I mean, just just great, the great cast, shitty, yeah, movie. great cast yeah. too, and like, oh man, but they um they just nailed the the action sequences of the monsters fighting and the destruction in cities and um and and honestly i thought kong skull island was such a great movie that i i still have hope that 
they're gonna I, get you King and I Kong, kind of right? part ways on that a little bit. So like, I I'm a big Skull no, Island. I, I gotta give it another. I haven't seen it since theaters, but I just remember being a little let down. Um, Jordan, you were Boyd a big Roberts. Peter Jackson guy though. Yeah, I remember you didn't like that movie that much, but I I love Peter Jackson's Kong. I I'll defend that movie to the end of days. Yeah. Um, Dave, but uh, no, what? Did you hear about the whole stuff going around with Doctor Strange? No. What's what's up? So the director Scott Dickerson, I can't do last names well. He's actually leaving the project and handing it to Sam Raimi. No, oh, that yes, our, I did hear it. Uh, that was always the case. Sam oh, Raimi was, yeah, yeah, I, he was yeah. supposed to direct it from the start. Oh. Yeah, he was supposed um, to do the original, right? Oh, so you're saying the first Doctor Strange director, yeah. okay, yeah. right? Because yeah. that was Scott Deckerson. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so, and, you know, Sam Raimi, obviously, of Spinnerman fame, Evil Dead and... His last movie, I want to say, was Oz. A really shitty Wizard of Oz movie. Is that with uh, James Franco? Jim, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, Yikes. He hasn't been around for a while, but he's been producing a lot. And I'll never... Yeah, you know. the Evil Dead series was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Brady's not. roommate Trevor is here. Oh. Yeah. My friend Trevor. I say Brady's <laughs> roommate because Chase doesn't know Trevor. No, I do not know Trevor. Um... Other little bits. Um, little bits. Little bits. Chase got rid of the sound, but no, I have it. It just sounds horrible. You want <laughs> me to play it? Great. You want me to play it? You want me to play yeah. it? Little bits. There you go. What oh. sounds so wrong about that? It's just Man, the background it's the noise. Background music. Yeah, it's just not. It's not as smooth as random. Um, I think, I think it, the voice, our, our voice, will suffice. Yeah, New Year's yeah. Eve. Uh, Kevin Feige says a new look at Marvel Studios slate. Said that we'll get all of 2021 slate on New Year's Eve, which I'm like, didn't that just happen anyways? Or I they they didn't confirm like dates and, and maybe we're gonna things. get some footage. I don't know. This Ooh, person uh, that would be interesting. This, this is geek facts. Uh, I, I don't know if you're into entertainment news, especially like you know like comic book and like Star Wars shit. Um, I'd suggest you follow them. They're great. Um, but uh, he, this guy says, my take, I'd expect some footage from new releases to expect to see Spider-Man 3 footage. I don't think so, but I I would not be surprised. I mean, they're just announcing all the yeah. new um, actors and everything. This is yeah, another that could be by their choice. This is another thing I wanted to bring up, uh, which I've read. I haven't really confirmed anywhere. But I really like this news because I personally am a little worried about Spider-Man 3 and all the nonsense. But um, apparently, like, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock isn't from Spider-Man 2. It's just an alternate world in the MCU Spider-Man's Doc Ock. It's just a, a different universe. So he's still Doc Ock, Ock but it's not the one that Sam Raimi's Doc yes. Ock. Same with Green Goblin because these they both died, you know, like Green Goblin, um, Sandman, Doc Ock. I don't know if Sandman died. I couldn't care less if he did or not. But <laughs> I, I also really feel bad because it's like all the news reports were like, Willem Dafoe, an actor who played Sandman. And I'm like, it's yeah. Thomas Hayden Church. Like, you know, Give like some credit. Yeah. <laughs> he, was he was good in George it, George of the Jungle. Uh, but yeah. 
that I think that's it for my little pets. I I have one, but it's not. It I'm upset because oh. Matt doesn't hasn't watched the Mandalorian, but those rumors, Dave, that have been going well, around for season three are false. I yeah, so I guess we can confirm that. And if you're if you've been this in a shed and you've been avoiding this, I'm sorry, but the book of Boba Fett. Not you, Matt, because um, you didn't watch the last episode. This isn't a spoiler for the episode. Yeah, no. But the Book of Boba Fett, which is Boba Fett's show that they announced forever ago, like before Mandalorian, I feel like, uh, before season two even started revving up. But that is not the same as Mandalorian season three, season three yes. which people were suspecting, and it's not the case. I did read, however, today, I haven't confirmed the source, Mandalorian season three is not coming out until 2022. What? I thought it came out. It's yes. coming out uh, that, Christmas. That is also what I thought, but I think John was... Favreau said otherwise. Oh, I thought it was just confirmed like a week ago that it was Christmas I mean, Day next year. The Book of to, Boba Fett is is December 2021. To, to be fair, it'll it'll probably be like a March release, I bet, or, or January. Or January. I'm like, I'm like, why we're like, why get that upset when it came out in November in the first place or whatever it started? That's like practically. The next year anyways yeah like, yeah I'm not that worried about it um i mean we're also, waiting 10 years for stranger things so true also, oh my <laughs> god i forgot about stranger things yeah, yeah they're gonna also, be like 40 <laughs> also uh i wanted to point out um the mcu slate because it's kind of ridiculous if you think uh that each show takes about two months to air just think about that so wandavision's coming out january 15th yeah uh Falcon Winter Soldier is coming out March. So say WandaVision goes January, February. Then we have Falcon Winter Soldier, which goes March, April. April. Then we have the movie Black Widow, which is coming out in May. Loki's coming out in May. And then we're like, so that goes like May, June, July. We have Shang-Chi. This is a little bit of a, of a a skip. But then the Eternals is in November. Late 2021 is Hawkeye. Late 2021 is Miss Marvel. December 17th is the new Spider-Man. And then we're into 2022. But just look at that 2021 for... Oh, that's crazy. You got a lot, of, a lot of time to make up for yeah. it. Yeah. After going a year without any MCU, we are now full-blown in a year of MCU once 2021 starts, which is pretty exciting. I'm excited. Like, so I read this crazy statistic. Uh, what is it? Count all the announced projects that go up until 2023. There is 26 upcoming. Jeez. And they just made the comparison of, and this is in the next three years. They made the comparison of in the last 12 years, there's only been 23 films. So we're literally doubling the MCU in the next three years. With shows and movies combined, but I'm excited, well, but I'm also kind of nervous because I feel like, well, with a year off, yeah. it's going to be nice, but like I'm nervous that they're, they're kind of eating too much that they can handle, and it's just going to like quality is going to maybe drop a little bit. Hey, I'm also Feige, we trust. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I do trust Feige, but I also don't think it helps that our re-entry is going to be Black Widow, which I. Feel like well, no, it's going to be WandaVision. Black Widow is going to be great. That or, well, yeah, I guess WandaVision, but oh, we're going to have we're going to have a RDJ cameo. Florence talk Pugh, about movies, like one of my yeah. favorite actors, 
to be up and coming is going to be playing. She's going to be replacing Black Widow. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, Rachel Wise is in it. Uh, David Harbor. I'm excited for Black Widow. I am not shaming that movie at all. Mm, well, we'll see. And also our <laughs> second female run out of 23 movies or whatever. Like, come on. That's give true. It a shot. That's very true. I love me some Scar Joe. Who doesn't like Scar well, Joe? I'm sure she'll shoot plenty of little tasers out of her wrist. No, she flies through the air while planes are crashing, which is the one scene of like, oh, is this that shit I hate in movies? But I don't know. I'm just um, kidding. I'm, I'm yeah, sure it'll be it. good. That's it for my little bits, right? Yeah. I I'm, keep saying that. I, I added to oh, it. But... Um, what have wait, you guys wait, been... wait, One more. Oh, Breaking oh, news. Yep. Tom Holland set for potential cameo in Spider-Man 3. Oh, my God. What? Tom Holland's yeah. going to be in it? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I just thought that was a funny, a funny bit. <laughs> Big dude. Uh, I saw that me, but it was like, this is funny. I heard. Oh, I yeah. Heard, uh, and Justice League is officially coming out March 25th, 2021. Oh, yeah. That is actually a good point. Uh, Gosh. Yeah. Still, it's going to be a movie year. It's going to be entertainment year. Definitely. It's going to be a, a streaming one. year for yeah. sure. Uh, speaking yeah. of streaming, what have you guys been watching lately? Anything? I've, I've been doing a lot better since I last. Are you almost it. caught up? Or no? No, I'm still like 15 Ugh. behind or something. I got some work to do. All right, let me just say. I only got like say. two weeks, dude. I know. What, how many days are left in the year? There's eight. Uh, and I have 200, 352 movies on the list. So I need 14 more movies. So that's not that bad. That's, that's not, not that bad. bad. You could do it. Um, But I finished two movies I fell asleep during. The one I mentioned last week, Extraordinary. Highly recommend. It was a yep. really, really funny movie. It was just the weird, dry humor that I really like. It had a lot of heart to it, too. Another movie that I fell asleep during months ago that I watched with the family, Matt was there, it was, um, what the fuck is it called? Damn it. Uh, Greyhound. Yes. Great I really movie. like that. It's like Great movie. another movie that has like maybe 10 or 12 minutes of setup and then boom, like you're all action. Uh, yeah. Very good. So World good. War II. I feel like we never see Navy World War II. I mean, I guess the Pacific is all. Navy, I, thought, right? I think Midway like, gives you some there. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's. That's that's well, there, air combat. It's not the, yeah, it's not the Air Force. That was uh, my dad pointed out to me. It was the, it was the Navy. Yeah, when we were when he listened to it's a wonderful life episode, he's like, there was no air force back. Yeah, then. it was the it was the navy and the army air corps. Um, I just watched the holiday, loved it. I'm a sucker for for love, I guess. For but love. I really like that movie. He's gonna look. But it, I had a had a really good amount of uh movie 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 stuff in it like uh cameron diaz is a trailer editor jack black is a uh composer like he does like composite you know the scores for movies um kate winslet's like a writer like there's just like a lot of good movie references in it was Uh, it on anything or no uh uh, i watched it on a dvd okay that's fine i know we uh 
I, I know we talked about this last night, but um, yeah, I did just re-watch uh, uh, Enemy at the Gates for the first time in a very long time. It's, uh, I remembered it as being a much better movie, but uh, it's it, it, it's a good World War II movie. It, and I feel yeah. like uh, for those of you looking for like a, a movie to watch during like a cold, miserable day, like it's a perfect movie for that. So. That's a good winter movie. I, I don't know. Matt and I, uh, we're huge war more movie kids like like yes. that was like our number like that was kind of what we were allowed to watch for whatever reason when it came down to rated r movies like uh so like we were always seeking out like you know every like we have the Mel our movie that didn't have boobs in it basically yeah exactly <laughs> or just, sex there's just a rachel wise button in, in yeah enemy at the gate side uh, but uh i also watched um Damn it, I just looked at it. Oh, I watched I, I was I feel like I was in the middle of this last episode, or maybe I mentioned it last episode. But uh the theory of everything, which oh, everyone you watched was it. telling me to Yeah. Did you not like it? Know. Yeah. Okay, so I started it in Florida and then I was just like doing chunks of it as a time, and I think maybe it lost some of the emotional impact, but it might. I like the soundtrack I, of them. I love though. Eddie Redmayne, love the soundtrack. Yeah. I love the ending of the movie when they reverse like through time. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I thought there'd be a lot more like Stephen Hawking. Yeah, there's not very much Stephen Hawking doing Stephen Hawking stuff. Yeah, like I thought it would go further into his career, and I don't know. But I, I like, I really again, I really like uh, Eddie Redmayne. Um, Charlie Cox is in it. That's Daredevil, and he kind of cucks Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, but uh, he does. um, (laughs) What's her face? Um, Rogue One Girl. Yeah, I love Rogue One. She did good in that movie. Ah, uh, what's her name? Uh, Felicity Jones. Yes, Felicity Jones. She's amazing in it. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I gave it three and a half out of five. Like, I definitely enjoyed it, but it wasn't. It was a, it was a good movie. I, I, I was disappointing, uh, disappointed. Uh, Eddie Redmayne won the Oscar that year. Who for did that. He, I remember I was I, too. There was someone won over someone that I was pissed. It about. was bad. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I don't know. I've been watching uh, a lot. I've been watching a lot of 2020 movies. Like I, I saw a list and I was like, oh, I'm just going to start going through them. And to be honest, I'm really glad I started doing that. One of my favorites was uh, Another Round, which is the one with Mads Mikkelsen. And I, I think, Dave, you would actually like that movie. Yeah, it sounds really good. It, it's, um, I like it. The sound, There's a the song that was made for that movie I've listened to every single day this week. Just turning it on and listening to it. I got super drunk while watching it, though, which I'm probably going to watch it again because I still liked it. Um, I also watched uh, I watched Funny Boy, and I'm not going to – I just didn't like it. Yeah, the movie you brought up last week. Yeah, uh, I was I like, like, oh, I'm going to I still want to give it a shot. But... Give it a shot. I, I will say it's not terrible, but I just – it was definitely one of those movies that I paused it, and then I walked away for like an hour or two, then started watching 20 minutes of it, and then like I watched in the morning – and then I finished in the morning. I'm like, I'll watch it in the afternoon. And then I watched it. The final, I watched it in the afternoon and was like, okay, that was a movie. That was okay, I guess. Okay. I just want to go back to this just because I was curious. But Michael I don't Keaton. mind Eddie Redmayne uh, for that. But it's nope. it's Michael Dude. Keaton for Birdman. Yeah. Um, 
Benedict Cumberbatch or Imitation Day? Which I also think I would have picked him over. Really? I just want to get another look at you, Bradley Cooper, for American Sniper. Did not deserve it. Steve Carell <laughs> for Foxcatcher, which I do not like that movie, but that is... I never saw it. it. I never it's saw some it. really, really good acting from Steve My, Carell. Michael Keaton in Birdman absolutely Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're like, right. absolutely deserved the Oscar that know. year. That was such a ripoff. Eddie, Eddie Redmayne, like, fucked up his back-making theory of everything. Like, the way he contorted his body is, yeah, like, it's scary to look at. Well, he's... I don't know. He's flail. He's flimsy. He's a flail man. I don't know. Like I said, I've never been a Red Maid fan until this year with Chicago 7. And I was like, maybe I've underestimated him. I also watched uh, Mama Remney's Black Bottom. Loved it. Loved it. Why did. Is that Ma, the title? Why do I feel like you're always Rainy? I can't, dude. Ma it's, is it, it's is rainy. it Mama also? No, it's, it's Ma, Ma, Ma Rainey's. Rainies. It's just I can't. I can't. Like every time I do it, it's it's either Raimi or something, and I'm like, I'm just gonna say it yeah. really fast. So what is her name? Mama in it? Is that yeah? Why they just call her Mama. Mama. Yeah. Because it. So it's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, it's which the, I gotta watch. You yeah, have yeah, to Chad, watch it. Yeah. Chadwick. He is amazing his... in that movie. I honestly, he he might get supporting actor, or I don't even oh. know if he's like. Posthumous Oscar, I would not be surprised whatsoever for Chad. Yeah. No, yeah. I absolutely. haven't even seen it yet, but he's just that good. Dude, that's what watch sucks it. is it's like even if it's not that even if it's not worthy, I want it because he's someone that no doubt in my mind would have won an yes. Oscar. He is so good. Like I just I went back after he died this year. Uh I went back and watched everything I could find. And even like like this Netflix movie Message for a King, which is not a great movie like it's kind of like a revenge thriller he's incredible in like he's so watchable and then i watched um did i watch marshall i have no idea i watched 42 after he died yeah which, i did too uh, I, I love that movie i, think I saw that Jackie in Robinson's theaters i haven't seen awesome. s- s- uh i watched get on up like i think oh, that's, that's right. a massively that. underrated yeah i don't know if, i don't think he was not i don't think he's ever been nominated but him as uh, James Brown, like he's really, really going there. Um, oh, why can't I remember if I watched Marshall or not? You, you might have. I'm trying I, to I think just if know you that I watched like us. a bunch of his movies. I feel like I would remember a movie about Thurgood Marshall, though. I don't know. No, I haven't. Letterbox tells me all. Oh. Um, yeah, I've been starting to use Letterboxd more. But I, I do it. believe that also that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is his last movie. He had other movies that were well. You can tell he is that definitely were shooting, but yeah. I don't think they got enough footage for he, it to be a movie. He um, definitely looks like sickly in it. Like, his his last thing is most likely going to be the Marvels What Ifs, which is voice work. Yeah, um, but I don't know. One of the great tragedies of 2020 out of a year Absolutely. of tragedies. Um, oh. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. I watched the OC uh, Chrismica at first Chrismica <laughs> episode last night. I just, I don't know. I always try and find shows I've loved and find every Christmas episode. I'm probably going to watch Black Beer or the White Christmas episode yeah. or whatever that's called. I like that episode. The John yeah, Hamm one. one. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm losing my voice, guys. I hope I wasn't shouting this whole episode. No, you weren't. I was looking at levels. Everyone was fine. It's, it's I felt like I, I didn't hear talk my as much. voice in these in these headphones. I can't yeah, hear I, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we but have yeah. a, we have an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, at Podcorn in a movie. Um, give us a like and a follow, and then on whatever you're listening to, remember to rate, review, subscribe if it's possible. Uh, we're the, also, you know, we're next month. Oh no, we'll do that. In well, the, yeah, next next. That's Monday. next episode. Yeah, so Monday. Oh, also, fucking Merry Christmas, you I filthy was, animals! I said the first thing today. I said Merry oh, Christmas. Yeah. All right. Well. It's well, Merry Christmas. We opened we opened our gifts today. Technically not, but we will have yeah. when you listen. Hopefully everyone spent Christmas around the fire listening to us. Not on the beach, because yeah. if you're sitting on a beach listening yeah. to us, go back Then home. you're probably Steven. Yeah, then you're Steven. Hi, Steve. Uh, yeah, hey, now Steve. I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. So... You can come back and listen to us on Monday where we're doing the Golden Kernels, which I'm excited for. Yeah, we gotta you gotta come up with good categories again. We have the top three always, but yeah. you came up with really good ones last month, like yeah, we the Crispy Glover Award. We need to sit down and make those awards. <laughs> Glover Award. Um Yeah, and then we gotta figure out when we're recording that. Yeah, Jason. that's true. We need to do that. Anyways, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on, Matt. I'm yeah, so happy. I, I was glad you came on. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It just it's, felt like uh, a normal been, night I, for me. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've I've been wanting to be on this ever ever since its inception. So yeah. uh, happy to come back anytime. Well, Hopefully, people could tell us apart and they didn't think this was some sort of like Fight Club scenario where <laughs> Chase was talking to me and and Dave's and just going crazy. Yeah. I'm Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, All right. Uh, yeah, it, we'll give you our 2020 list. Uh, yeah, for next for month. Next month, <laughs> and if you want to be on any of them, you're super welcome. Great, looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, thanks, Matt. All right, guys. All right, bye. We bye, will guys. see you guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry, Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. See. You.